All right, everybody, welcome back to Tech Gumbo. I am Haggai Davis III, co-hosting with Haggai Davis II, and we would like to welcome you to our show. Tech Gumbo is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital. They connect businesses to capital. does not matter what business you're in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and the favorable interest rates, or you want to finance new equipment or maybe acquire another business altogether, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When banks cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email, info at cardinalcap.net, and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So each week, we take a listener question about a topic that was sent to us via text, 225-255-0431. The question this week is, how do I know if I have malware on my phone? That's a great question. You know, we talk about cybersecurity a lot on the show. You know, how do you protect yourself? Well, how do you know if you already are in a hole? You know, what are the signs to look out for? Things like that. So the first thing you need to understand, doesn't matter if you have an iOS phone or if you have an Android phone, both are very, very susceptible to malware. This is not one of those things where ever people on the Mac say, oh, Macs don't get viruses, right? Well, iOS is a large enough target, uh, enough people use them, that there's plenty of malware out there running around that can easily hit the, your iPhone as well as your Android. And yes, the Apple, Apple Store does do a very good job of combing through most apps and looking for malware, but there are some exceptions that slips through. But that's not where you're going to get most of the malware on your iPhone. If you go to websites and you click on things on these websites, or if you use email and you click on a link on that email or open up an attachment with your email, you just exposed your phone to malware. Right. You really need to make sure you know where you're going, know what you're opening, know what you're doing. A lot of the same rules that apply on your desktop apply on your phone. If you don't recognize it, don't go there. Your phone is a computer. And so you have to treat it the same way that you would treat your desktop or laptop. So if you think you might be infected, what are some things that you might notice? The first thing you're going to notice is, are you starting to get pop-ups that just won't go away? If you're getting ads that weren't there and just look funny, like, why am I getting this ad popping up all of a sudden? That's a good sign you've got malware. The next thing is unexplained fees on your bill. It's always a good idea to just check your monthly bill uh, anyway. Usually it's probably a pretty consistent number, but if you suddenly see it going up, go look through and see where those charges came from. What happens a lot of times is the program, the malware on your, your computer starts to phone home. It starts to send data out. It starts to use your data. And so if you have a capped data plan where you only get 10 gigs a month or 20 gigs a month or whatever limit it might be, you go over that data limit because your phone is constantly calling home to the, the hackers that created the malware. 
that's going to run up your bill. So if your bill goes up by 20 bucks or 50 bucks or 200 bucks, there may be a good sign you've got malware. And whatever is sitting there communicating back to wherever it came from, that's going to use up your battery faster. That requires going to use up your phone's CPU more. And so your phone is not going to be cooling down as much as can be overheating because it's sitting there having to think about all those sorts of things. And that's going to really choke down your phone as it's happening. And so when your battery is draining and overheating, that will make your phone much, much slower. Another problem is if you all of a sudden start getting dropped phone calls or really poor connections in places where you used to get really good cellular connection, that may be a sign you've got malware. The last thing you can look out for is if you have an app that you don't recognize that just showed up, do not open it. If it's just kind of there, it looks funny, you don't remember it, it doesn't doesn't ring any bells to you, delete it. It's not worth it. Just make it go away. Once you've figured out, uh-oh, I may have some virus, I may have some malware, the first thing you need to do is go out and download an antivirus software from a trusted place like Bitdefender, Kaspersky, Norton, Malwarebytes, any one of these types of companies that, that is trusted across the platform, run that program and let it scan your, your phone looking for whatever problem may be out there. Again, this looks a lot like what you would do on your desktop because your phone is a computer. You know, if you think you have something, go out, get a, an antivirus, anti-malware, and have it scan, and whatever it finds, have it take care of. But if it doesn't get rid of it, if you've run the, the antivirus, anti-malware software, and it says it removes it, but you're still getting the pop-up, still getting things showing up or doing things, the next thing you can do is just doing the full reset. Go back to, all the way back to the manufacturer's factory settings, and that will get rid of that malware. But it will get rid of all the rest of your data as well. Yeah, you can reset your phone all the way back to whenever it first came out of the box. That will definitely clean out whatever you had on it that was bad, but it will also clean out whatever you had on it that was also good. And so that's really kind of your last resort there. So malware on your phone is no joke, the same way that malware on your computer is no joke. So take it serious, look for the signs that are out there, and, and thank you for sending that question. We'll be sending out the mug this week. The main story we wanted to talk about is we wanted to talk about this new platform out there called Roblox. I had vaguely heard of it prior to this week, but I knew basically nothing about it. Uh, and I knew I know it was, it was entirely new to you. And we learned a lot about it, and we thought it was important to share it with you, the listeners. So Roblox has been around for about 10 years, and it was created as a, a software company where kids could create games for other kids in a safe environment. And if kids liked the games that other kids made, maybe they could make, you could, might, might be able to make a few bucks off of the game you created if other people liked this, whatever you, you made. Yeah, this is actually a pretty cool concept. Roblox has uh, a whole toolkit that you can learn. They have some videos to help you get started. 
And it's really, it's designed, it's, it's marketed at kids who are kind of in that like eight to 15 year old range and that they can sit there and learn how to do game development. And as you said, if you can, you know, put these tools together in a fun, interesting way and other people really like it, well, you can make a little bit of money off of it. And this is actually a really awesome idea. It just sounds too good to be true. On paper, it's awesome, but there's a lot of problems that have come out in the actual execution of this idea. We saw a couple of videos from People Make Games. That's the people. That's the name of the company that made these videos, where they did a whole lot of investigations into Roblox, and they found some very, very troubling things in that it's not really a good place for kids. Right. So just to jump off the bat here, the first thing is that industry standard of the cut that a platform takes. So there's some other platforms that host games such as Steam or the Microsoft library. They take somewhere about 15% of the total profit, whereas Roblox takes 75% of every dollar made. That's the beginning. And so already, whatever you create, you're getting a much smaller piece of the pie than normal. Oh, by the way, did we mention that Roblox is now a publicly traded company because they're making so much money? They are making so much money. The CEO is a multi-billionaire and they have a market cap larger than Nintendo. That's stunning to me. This is a company that not a whole lot of people know about, even though it's been around for, like I said, about a decade. And a lot of kids play these games. It's it's unbelievable how much money they're raking in. The, the problem is, is that the source of this money is children. They're squeezing the money out of the youth. You know, we talked about cut of the take just off of the earnings then you get into the in-game currency so if you want to so you get paid in in-game currency you don't get paid in dollars and the exchange rate to pull in-game currency out is much worse than the exchange rate to put in-game currency in so i put a hundred dollars into into the game i get ten thousand robux because that's what they call their in-game currency is robux and I go spend my Robux on other people's games or, or in-game purchases that they've created inside. And and that's fine. That hundred dollars that that I spent, well, automatically 75 of it's going straight to Roblox. So that means $25 is available for the, the for the developer. But it's $25 in Robux. Right, because as you said, okay, you know, if you put $100 in, you get 1,000 Robux or whatever the exact conversion is. If you try and pull your $100 right back out, the problem is, is that you can't. You can only pull out money if it's more than $1,000. You have to have $1,000 in your account to begin to pull money out. And then when you begin to pull money out, it's not that same 10 to 1. It's now you get 35% of that. So if you put in $100, you pull out $35. So again, 
Roblox is taking another large chunk of any money that happens inside of their game. By the way, did we mention that the majority of people who are using this system and, and working around in this Roblox economy is between 8 and 15 years old? They're not people who are, are supposed to understand financial currency and, and the values of money yet? Yeah, all of their, or half of their users are under the age of 12. So that's, that's just a, something to keep in mind whenever you think about, they also have an in-game stock market. So Roblox releases in-game items that are, are uh, design items. They're, you know, there to make your character look cool. It could be a hat, it could be a new shirt your character can wear, cool things like that. But they release them very cheaply, and then they show the value of the item over time, and so that people can go speculate on this item. If you think this item is going to go up or down, you can buy it and try and sell it like a stock market. You have children playing in a, in a virtual stock market where you can lose real money. Oh, by the way, children don't make good financial decisions. There's a lot of adults don't make good financial decisions, but kids are not supposed to. They're supposed to just have holes in their pocket and burn through whatever cash. And this company is, is exploiting that to the nth degree. Another place where we see exploitation is that the company, whenever it shows the games to kids that they can play, it only shows the very, very top level games. And so this means that if you want your game to crack into that environment, you need to put in a lot of production value into it. You probably aren't doing it by yourself. You're probably working with a team of people. And so you have whole companies that are formed of kids who haven't finished high school yet. And you have managers and they're working with employees. And a lot of these kids are, haven't hit puberty yet. And so we have child labor that is funding this company. And it's being run by other kids. You, you basically have you know, animal farm going on here. That's not a good thing. You also, there are some games that are out there that have been created by adults, by adult companies. And those tend to have the best production value, tend to get the most play. And those, those games get up there towards the top end of games available. And, and so here's a hundred people 100 adult programmers who created this really great game. And then you've got 11-year-old Johnny or 10-year-old Susie who've created their cute little game that would be fun that nobody's ever going to see because the, the, the company with 100 engineers created a really great game that everyone wants to go play. So what kind of opportunity is there really for that kid to, to make any money, quote-unquote, even if it's just Robux, in this kind of a weighted system. Then you have, how does the organization of all these companies happen? Maybe your kid says, okay, I'm willing to work with three of my friends. We all have an idea together. I'll do this, you do that. And, you know, they plan it at school and they're super excited about it. Well, sometimes the companies get a little larger and you move off of Roblox platforms. 
a lot of times you have whole things that exist in spaces like Discord, which is a, a chat room, basically. And so Roblox, the official stance of the company is, once it leaves our platform, we're not in charge of moderating it. Anything bad that could happen, anything bad that's said, anything bad that's done, it's it's not our business. If it if it happens immediately off-site from us, even though it was a direct result of our community, even though it interfaces direct with our platform, we're not responsible for it. We can't, we can't do anything about it. We can't see it, don't know it's there, whatever. Also, there's these some of these companies with these adults or these older folks who are if they create a game similar to the game that 10-year-old Susie or 11-year-old Johnny created, but it's much better instead of dragons, it's got something different as a, as the, the villain in the game. Little Johnny, little Susie don't get any kind of credit because even though it's almost identical, it's enough of a, of a variation to where it's not really your game. It's this other group's game with much, much better production values. Sorry, Johnny. Sorry, Susie. It didn't make it. Oh, there is no IP protection because children don't know anything about IP laws or about how your idea, like what sort of ownership you have over it and what sort what you're in, entitled to with your creation of your ideas. These are complicated ideas that really you know require lawyers to sort out a lot of times and that adults don't understand well but we're just throwing children into the deep end on this and hoping that they swim and then there's the whole black market so as we mentioned because a lot of these exchange rates are so ridiculous trying to pull anything out there's a whole other off-site community set up to exchange money in a like in a way that is slightly less ridiculous but is still against the the terms and conditions but it is so ubiquitous that roblox considers it essential yeah when when you can have these in-game purchases that are created inside the roblox system you can create these things that are inexpensive in one store but more expensive over here, and you start trading things in the black market to drive up the prices of your 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 tools. Because remember, we talked about that that stock market earlier on. If my black market artificially pumps up the value, all of a sudden, little Johnny, little Susie didn't didn't know that the black market was going on. Oh, this thing's going up in value. Let me buy it. Mom, Dad, give me a credit card. I need to, to buy some more of this. There are so many protections that need to be built into this system. Because as we said at the beginning, on paper, this is a really cool idea. There are a lot of interesting things. Giving children tools that so they can develop a game. So that they say, oh, I have an idea that I think would be fun. Let me turn it into something. That's so awesome. We should definitely be enabling children to learn computers in a fun way that engages them. But we really, really need to be thinking about what are the implications of the system that we build in general, but especially because we're dealing with children and dealing with money. And this does not exist in Roblox currently. So mom, dad, if your kids are using Roblox, you might want to have a conversation with them because it's probably 
not happening in a good way. Yes, go learn about it, ask them questions, understand what they're doing, understand what they're making, understand who they're talking to, because it can be good, but it just needs a whole lot of guardrails to get there. So we do want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the Southeast United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services team can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strengths. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show reruns Sundays at 4. If you missed any part of the show or would like to hear this or any previous episode, check us out. Find our podcast. It's available on most every platform, including Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Overcast, Player FM, Podchaser, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. And if you like our show, if you have any suggestions, let us know via via text at 225-255-0431. And if you send us the question of the week, we will send you a beautiful Tech Gumbo mug. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.